everybody. Welcome to the Catch Up Sports Podcast, the short and to the point podcast. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. I'm your host, Moses, and yeah, welcome to the fourth ever episode. Um, this episode is going to be a NFL-centered episode. I just don't want to talk about the NBA series right now because I don't like having hot takes by one or two games. I like to wait it out and see how the series transpires, and then I'll give my takes for each and every team. But I do want to congratulate the Minnesota Timberwolves for acquiring the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. And I do have a soft spot for Knicks fans for getting the eighth overall pick. Just really unlucky. New York is my favorite city in the entire world, so I do have a soft spot for the New York Knicks, even though I'm not a fan. And uh, yeah, it just, feel, it just feels like they need to succeed sometimes, so I hope it happens soon for them. But we do have a lot ahead of us. Prediction series is here. Um, we're going to be continuing it. We're going to be predicting the AFC North and the NFC South. We're also going to be talking about why the Giants didn't hire Matt Rule as their head coach and my take on that. And we're also going to be talking about Alex Smith's comeback. So let's jump right into it. Prediction season is continuing here on this podcast. I Last two episodes ago, I think I predicted the NFC and AFC West. I have a couple fixes to that predictions. Uh, the Broncos won't make the playoffs. Uh, I said last episode that they will, but uh, I changed my mind. They won't make the playoffs. And the 49ers will make the playoffs as a wildcard team. So today we'll be predicting the AFC North and the NFC South. And as I said two episodes ago, my list will go by my own prediction standings from worst to first. So Let's start with the NFC South. So my fourth ranked team in the NFC South is the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are going through a rebuild right now. A new era has uh, started after cornerstones of the franchise like Luke Kuechly and Cam Newton left. The Panthers, one from retirement and the other just got released. The Panthers did sign Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback in free agency. So there will be a quarterback for years to come there where Teddy does have a solid receiving core and an above average offensive line. But during last season, the Panthers fired their head coach Ron Rivera and hired former college coach Matt Rule. According to his track record, he turned around two failing programs, Temple and Baylor, and made them two bowl contenders. But the first year Rule had with the two college teams he coached were very bad years. 2-10 2-10 with Temple, and 1-11 with Baylor. Then both teams got progressively better each year. But I think it will be the same story with the Carolina Panthers. A bad year this season, and then the next seasons that will come, they'll get progressively better. I predict the Panthers to finish 4-12 and and a loaded NFC South. But the Panthers will be a very competitive team every week. Now, my third team in the NFC South is the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have been getting progressively worse since former offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan left to coach the San Francisco 49ers a few years ago. And I think coach Dan Quinn is holding its team back from its potential. They have a great offense with a borderline top 10 quarterback in Matt Ryan, the best wide receiver in the league, in my opinion, Julio Jones, and a great number two, Calvin Ridley. They also have talent on defense, people like 
Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, Devontae Casey, and more. And for some reason, this team isn't succeeding. This team has more than enough talent to be a perennial playoff team, but there aren't. I predict the Falcons to finish 7-9, and they will have a new coach next season. Now, my second team in the NFC South is the New Orleans Saints. The Saints have maintained a well-rounded roster for years now, still considered one of the best teams in the NFC. But unfortunately for the Saints and Saints fans, the past three years have ended in very disappointing and infuriating playoff losses. The Minneapolis Miracle, the no-call in the NFC Championship, and the Kyle Rudolph overtime catch. After three straight years with a championship-caliber roster coming short in the playoffs, I don't know how motivated this team can be to go through another season, another successful season. Drew Brees isn't getting any younger. He was even thinking about retiring this offseason. Also, his deep shots have significantly decreased last year. He might not be as dominant. Today, I think he's more of a game manager. But don't get me wrong, he's an amazing game manager. Even though the Saints did sign quality free agents like safety Malcolm Jenkins and wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, the morale of this team, to me, is at best questionable. I predict the Saints to finish 9-7 next year, and they will make it to the playoffs as the 7th seed. My first-ranked team in the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A new era has started in Tampa Bay, with Tom Brady, the Tom Brady era. Last season, the Bucs had a great roster, in my opinion, with a way below average quarterback. Now, they have a great roster with an above average quarterback in Tom Brady. Literally, from one signing, they evolved from a at-best playoff contender to a Super Bowl contender. They didn't lose anyone significant in free agency. The franchise tag last season sack leader Shaquille Barrett. They also added future Hall of Famer tight end Rob Gronkowski from the Patriots. And also, they drafted tackle Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa 13th overall to protect Tom Brady. Not to mention they have one of the best or the best receiving core in the league. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. That's a lot of talented dudes. I'm super high on this Buccaneers team. I see them as a legit Super Bowl contender. And also, the Super Bowl this year is in Tampa Bay. So it'll be interesting to see how this season transpires for the Tampa Bay Bucks because maybe they'll be the first team ever to host their own Super Bowl. I predict the Buccaneers to finish 13-3 this season and they will be the number one seed in the NFC. Now, let's shift to the opposing division. Not exactly opposing, the let's shift to the AFC North. So, my fourth ranked team in the AFC North is the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals had a rough 2019 campaign, ultimately ending with the number one overall pick in the draft. They ultimately selected their hopeful savior in Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU. Bro has a lot of potential, combined with a good receiving core, including AJ Green, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, and more. And he also has running back Joe Mixon. This offense can be at the top half of the league, despite starting a rookie quarterback. Although the offense is going in the right direction, the defense is a very different story. 
they did sign a couple free agents. Defensive tackle DJ Reader, cornerback Trey Waynes, who is now injured, will miss a couple months in the season, and cornerback Mackenzie Alexander. But this defense have been one of the worst defenses in the league for a couple years now. The Bengals are still in rebuild mode, so there won't be a whole lot of success this season. I predict the Bengals to finish 4-12, and and of course they'll miss the playoffs. My third ranked team in the AFC North is the Pittsburgh Steelers. To be honest, this season for the Steelers comes down to how much Ben Roethlisberger has in the tank. He's coming out of a season-ending elbow injury to his throwing arm. The only full game he played last season was a 31-3 loss to the Patriots in Week 1 last year, and it was a very bad performance from the offense. I don't think his receiving core helps him that much. Juju Smith-Schuster is a great number two receiver. He put up great numbers when Antonio Brown was still on the team. But when Antonio Brown left the Steelers and Juju Smith-Schuster got number one wide receiver attention from opposing defenses, his numbers dropped. Even though the Steelers have a great defense, it's hard to replicate such a performance last season. Just ask the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had the best defense in 2017. They made it to the AFC Championship. The next year, the defense was above average, but not the number one defense in the league. And they also didn't have any significant personnel changes that year. The Steelers are a team, in my opinion, with a good defense and an inconsistent offense. I predict the Steelers to finish 9-7, and and they will miss the playoffs. My second-ranked team in the AFC North is the Cleveland Browns, the Dog Pound, the most hyped team last year that ended in a great disappointment. This team had immense talent with a terrible head coach. Now, after hiring Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski as their head coach, this team has a coach who can get as much out of his players and out of his players with the most talent. Last year, they had a great skill position players, but a bad old line. This offseason, they significantly improved their offensive line by signing former Titans tackle Jack Coughlin in free agency and drafting tackle Jedrick Wills 10th overall in the draft. I love the Austin Hooper signing also. To have two tight ends in a mismatch formation, him and David Njoku. But the sneaky good signing in free agency for the Browns was signing quarterback Case Keenum for three years, $18 million. This signing puts a veteran quarterback in the quarterback room, where Browns starting quarterback Baker Mayfield can learn from. I also think the Browns defense is underrated. There is talent on this defense even after losing linebacker Joe Sherbert in free agency. I predict the Browns to finish 10-6 and and they will make it to the playoffs as the 7th seed. My first ranked team in the AFC North is the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens had the best regular season record last year. A team who built a really a unique identity with running the ball and play defense. Prior to being upset by, in the playoffs by the Tennessee Titans. This year they had the reigning MVP coming back with the same offensive personnel. And the defense in my opinion, has improved after trading for superstar Calais Campbell, although breaking news right now while I'm recording, 
that Errol Thomas will probably be released or traded from the Baltimore Ravens. This team is still as good as last year's team. To me, this is a Super Bowl or bust year for the Ravens. I predict them to finish 13-3, and and they will be, once again, the number one seed in the AFC. Okay, now let's move on to this. I, w- I really want to talk about two NFC teams, about two NFC teams, the Giants and the Panthers. As you know, both of these teams hired uh, new coaches this offseason. The Panthers hired former college coach Matt Rule. The Giants hired former Patriots special teams coordinator Joe Judge. The thing is that the thing that's most intriguing is after the Panthers offered Matt Rule their contract offer, Matt Rule went to the Giants front office and told them that if they'll match that offer from the Panthers, Matt Rule will sign with the Giants and become their head coach. The Giants front office refused to match the contract offer and Matt Rule eventually signed with the Carolina Panthers. So, what's so intriguing you're asking? Let's look at the bigger picture. For a couple of years, the Giants have been a very bad football team. They're constantly stuck in a rebuild. Reports came out since last December that Giants general manager Dave Gettleman is on the hot seat. And if there isn't any significant success better than last season, this season, Dave Gettleman won't be the Giants general manager next season. So why the Giants didn't hire Matt Rule? Let's look at both coaches' track records. The Panthers head coach Matt Rule, who offered the Giants to hire him, was first hired as a head coach by the college team Temple. Was first hired as a head coach by a college team Temple. A failing college program at the time in 2013. So Matt Rule stint with Temple, his first year he went 2-10, and and then the second year he went 6-6. Six and six. And the third and fourth year, he won 10 games with two bowl appearances, winning one in 2016. He was first hired as a head coach by Temple, a failing college program at the time in 2013. His records were the first year he went 2-10. and 10, Then the second year with Temple, he went 6-6. Six and six. And then the third and fourth year, he had 10 wins in, on his record, making two bowl games winning one in 2016. In 2017, he was hired by Baylor, another failing college program, with hopes that he turned them around like he did at Temple. So the first year at Baylor, he went 1-11. The second year, he went 7-6, winning a bowl game against Texas. And the third year, in 2019, he went 11-3, losing a bowl game. So as you can see, Matt Rule turned every program he coached around. He has two successful rebuilds on his resume, even though his first year with both programs were a disaster. But he's a proven head coach, unlike Joe Judge, the Giants' new head coach. He isn't a proven head coach, but he is a part of the Bill Belichick's coaching tree. Bill Belichick, a six-time Super Bowl champion, winning coach, one of the best coaches of all time. So maybe... Some of the success will be inherited by Joe, or maybe Joe can establish a winning culture with the Giants, like Belichick did in New England. But this is speculation. Nothing is proven. The Giants, in my opinion, are still rebuilding. And due to the Giants general manager, Dave Gittleman, being on a hot seat, he couldn't afford another bad year. 
Dave took a gamble when he chose to not hire Matt Rule and hire Joe Judge. Dave Gellman chose for a chance for short-term success, then short-term failure or disappointment, and long-term success. He chose an unproven special teams coordinator, then a proven head coach who knows how to rebuild a team. I'll give an example with the exact same concept, an analogy. So in 2015, in the English Premier League, the English Soccer League, there were two significant coaching hires. The football club or soccer club, Liverpool, were a top 10 team in the league, but the front office knew that they can't push for a title with the roster they had. So they hired a man named Jurgen Klopp, a coach who recently had a seven-year stint with the German soccer club, Nortmund, and he successfully rebuilt the team from a, at best, mediocre team to a powerhouse in Europe, winning twice the German league title and making a European Champions League final appearance. Klopp was tasked to rebuild his team, to rebuild Liverpool, to become a powerhouse in a couple years. The other team in question was Manchester United. Both Manchester and Liverpool were pretty much in the same situation, but Manchester United thought that they could win a championship, so they hired a man named Van Gaal, a Dutch coach with a lot of coaching success and experience. This was a win-now hire, and it's clear in hindsight that Manchester United opted for a chance of short-term success, then short-term disappointment, and long-term success. Van Gaal was tasked to win a championship with a non-championship caliber roster. So, what do you think happened? What transpired? I'll give you guys a second. Okay, seconds over. So, Jürgen Klopp successfully rebuilt the Liverpool team. He won a European Champions League title in 2019 and also having an appearance in 2018 and he recently won the English Premier League title in 2020. Van Gaal, surprisingly, shockingly, no one could have thought of this. He couldn't win a championship without a championship caliber roster, and he was eventually fired in 2016. Manchester United has hired three coaches in this five-year span from 2015 to 2020. They hadn't won nor a Champions League title or a English League title. They're still a top 10 team in, the, in England, but with no titles over this five-year span, unlike Liverpool, who had immense success. Long-term success. So in a couple years, this might be the reality for the Panthers and the Giants. The Panthers in five plus years will be, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the NFL. And the Giants will be a mediocre slash playoff contender. Like the Buffalo Bills last season, the Panthers in this story are Liverpool and the Giants in this story are Manchester United. Makes sense, doesn't it? Now, I want to end this episode on an inspiring, happy note. As you know, Washington quarterback Alex Smith and former Chiefs and 49ers quarterback did the impossible and came back after a year and a half of battling injury. The ESPN documentary documented it very well, from the injury to the comeback. If you didn't watch it, here's a quick summary. Two seasons ago, against the Texans, Alex Smith suffered a severe broken leg. After the first surgery, the doctors found an infection in his leg. 
a life-threatening one, almost having his leg amputated. After 17 surgeries and a year of rehabilitation, Alex Smith was cleared for football activities. And Alex doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. So him to come back from literally hell on earth is extraordinary. I want to end this episode on a quote Alex said after his first practice since the injury. So here's the quote. I don't think that football is something I could just walk away from and be able to sleep at night if I did. I don't think I could look my kids in the eye and talk to them, giving it their all, pushing through things. We all face adversity in life, and it comes in different forms. Was I going to talk about it, or was I going to be about it? So, this is the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This podcast is also available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Follow the podcast Instagram page at, at catchupsportspodcast. Send me a message. We can talk about anything. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel for more podcast clips. And yeah, I'll see you guys next time.